Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, September 29th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Italy raised its budget deficit forecast and investors panicked. The hype around the U.S. IPO market seems to be fading. Plus, U.S. student loan repayments start again next week, and Americans are grappling with this new hole in their pocket. It's a real reminder of how little you actually control and how big, big systems can influence your life. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. European government bond prices dropped yesterday. Investors got spooked by Italy's larger-than-expected budget deficit. They're also concerned that central banks will keep interest rates higher for longer. Yields on the Italian 10-year bond rose to their highest level in a decade. The sell-off even spread to UK markets. 10-year yields there had their biggest daily rise since February. So the past two weeks were a big party for the initial public offering market. The chip designer Arm listed, the grocery store app Instacart went public, and so did the marketing software group Clavio. The share price in all of these cases jumped, but the shine seems to be wearing off. Here to talk about is the FT's West Coast financial editor, Tabby Kinder. Hey, Tabby. Hi, Mark. So I think I may have given away a bit of the punchline, but how exactly are these flashy tech IPOs doing after their market debuts? It's been really interesting to watch the trajectory of some of these stocks because immediately Arm, for example, traded up. Instacart, I think, was up 25-30%. There were these huge pops on the first day of trading. Since then, they've come right back down, lots of selling, lots of volatility. And at points, each of these companies has been flat on their IPO price or even below it, which, considering they're so new to the market, is unusual. So how much of what's going on in these stocks has to do with this skittishness that's going on over the economy in general? Yeah, there's been a lot of uncertainty, obviously, in in the outlook for the economy, whether the US will go into a recession, what's happening with interest rates. And that has put a lot of pressure on investment markets, public markets, private valuations. But the sentiment kind of shifted in the last couple of months. But we had new signs from the Federal Reserve that they were considering raising interest rates again this year and that they would keep them higher for longer through 2024. And obviously, high interest rates are a complete anathema to investor risk appetites. So, Tabby, why does it matter that these companies are doing so poorly after their big IPOs? It matters because the industry really needed to see some positive news. And a lot was riding on Arm, Instacart and Clavio all trading successfully. And because that hasn't happened, we go back into this sort of really uncertain time for some of these sectors where everything from your fundraising ability to your investors' liquidity to whether you might just run out of cash and have to collapse, that all becomes the forefront of conversations again. Does this sink the entire IPO market? I mean, there are companies out there that aren't tech companies that may want to go public. No. So there have been this summer other big IPOs outside of the tech space, and there will be some more later this year. The one everyone is watching is Birkenstock, the German shoe company, which is planning for an IPO um, very soon. 
conditions still aren't good for these big consumer brands, these big retail companies, it's likely that they will be able to get an IPO away, but people aren't expecting trading to be super hot. Tavi Kinder is the FT's West Coast financial editor. Thanks, Tavi. Thanks so much. After three years, student loan payments are starting again next week, and Americans are tightening their belts as a result. We're looking at nearly $16 billion a month being wiped from consumer spending. That's according to Barclays, who released a report about it earlier this year. So how is that going to influence the economy as a whole? Here to answer is the FT's U.S. economics editor, Colby Smith. Hey, Colby. Hi, Mark. Colby, put that $16 billion into context for us. I mean, what might that loss do to the U.S. economy? It's a smaller slice of the U.S. economy, but it doesn't mean it doesn't have an impact at this kind of tenuous moment. We've had this period of surprising strength. But there's just this sense that a lot of that momentum and a lot of that resilience is starting to run out to a certain extent. This shock in and of itself isn't enough to, you know, have a very, very material impact on the economy, but it's obviously also something that you can't fully ignore either. And at a time when interest rates are as high as they are, this really does impact affordability. And so on the whole, what economists across the board are really anticipating is that we're just going to see consumers spending a little bit more conservatively, um, you know, as the year progresses. So what does this mean for a soft landing? Is there concern that these repayments will tip the economy into a recession? So I don't think these repayments restarting on their own um, is really going to be tipping the U.S. economy into a recession. Uh, It's only really expected to shave off about half a percentage point from quarterly annualized GDP growth. And on the whole, um, you know, people are really expecting positive growth still for the fourth quarter. But the problem is, is that these repayments are starting up again at the same time that there are a number of other headwinds that have emerged, things like the possibility of a government shutdown, a spike in energy prices because of supply cuts, and, and the auto worker strike as well. So if you, if you take all of that together and then you layer on top of it the fact that interest rates are now at a 22-year high, there's just a lot of downward pressure, I think, um, on the economy um, that didn't really exist a couple months ago. Colby Smith is the FT's U.S. economics editor. Thanks, Colby. Thank you. Now, even if student loan repayments aren't about to have this massive impact on the economy, millions of Americans will still feel the pinch. Now that payments are starting again next week, I'm definitely making changes to my budget, reevaluating my financial plans. That's one of our listeners. His name is John Grisa. He's 30 years old and works as a mechanical engineer in the state of Connecticut. John's got $58,000 in debt from his undergraduate and graduate degrees, and he's about to start paying $750 per month toward his loans. That means a big shift in his budget. Short term, I'm mostly just putting off purchases that I otherwise would have made. You know, small things. I, my, my phone is very old. I was thinking about getting a new phone, but I will not be doing that anytime soon. In the longer term, I had been thinking about trying to buy a house in the next couple of years. For that, I would have needed to save for a down payment. 
And I've made the decision instead of doing that to focus on paying down my loans. John says he grew up thinking he'd own a home by now. It doesn't feel great. You know, I, it feels like I'm a bit behind. A lot of people I know are, are buying their homes at this time. It's still a little bit amorphous for me. It's a real reminder of how little you actually control and how big, big systems can influence your life. That was John Grisa. He's a regular news briefing listener. Just want to thank everyone who called in and shared their stories. Really appreciate it. You can read more on all of these stories at ft.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Kasha Brusalian, Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our engineer is Monica Lopez. We had help this week from Monique Malima, David De Silva, Michael Lello, Peter Barber, and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio, and our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.